welcome to the West Cheltenham podcast. We want to see communities and places buzzing with the extraordinary presence of Jesus. Join us live on YouTube every Sunday at 10.30am. We really hope you enjoy this message. Hands up if you were here last week. We had Archdeacon Phil, didn't we? And there were a couple of words that he used. He talked about love quite a bit. He talked about hope. And he also talked about uncertainty. Do you remember that? that the uncertainty of the year ahead. Wasn't that a great Be Thou My Vision? I thought if I, if I had made a New Year resolution this year, that wouldn't be a bad New Year resolution and prayer, would it? Be Thou My Vision. We've already had a quote from someone, Frederick Buchner, Catherine brought to us. I've got the name of someone called Benjamin Franklin. And I've got a quotation with three words missing. And I want to see if you know what those three words are. In this world, nothing can be said to be certain except... And taxes, well done, about half the people knew it. In this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. And I would like to add a statement to that very well-known phrase. I would like to add, and love, because I'm going to be sharing with you how I think God's love is certain. So nothing in this world can be certain except death and taxes and love. Next time you hear that phrase. The topic for this talk is preparing for our inevitable death. Why in January? I thought we wanted to be cheerful in January. Well, death is indeed an end, but it is also a beginning. So actually, it isn't such an inappropriate topic for the beginning of a year. Death is an emotional issue. I am conscious that some of us have suffered very recent bereavements. Some of us are caring for loved ones who are approaching end of life. Or indeed, some of us may have received a diagnosis that makes our own death seem potentially closer. I know nothing more painful than the death of a loved one, whether we have a faith or not. It's incredibly painful. Jesus himself wept when his friend Lazarus died. We die and experience others dying because of sin, It wasn't God's original plan. Not only are the death of those we love searingly painful, but preparing for our own death is actually hard, hard work. Yes, as Christians, we know that Jesus dying gives us a life beyond this one. Jesus has defeated death, and death is transformed. But we still have to die to leave behind the life that we have only ever known. 
Anything we perceive and experience about God here on this earth is a fraction of what we will one day know. I love that little bit in the reading. Now we see but a poor reflection in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully. I always, always feel very underqualified whenever I stand up, even among the friendly St. Barnabas family, to speak. And yet here, this is the ultimate topic. I am speaking on the subject of death. The good thing is that none of us have died as yet, so we're all as equally underqualified as each other. There are two people in St. Bees that I journeyed with a little as they prepared for their own deaths. And I think these people will be known to most people here. And I prayed and I knew that I was free to share these two little stories. I was an occasional visitor to Kath Jepson when she was in a care home nearby. There were times when I visited Kath when she was so frustrated that she was still alive. She wanted God to take her. There were other times when Kath was full of doubts, whether her faith was real or indeed big enough. There were other times still when Kath was full of hope and felt on a sure foundation, able to let go and let God do as he will. Kath was doing the hard work of preparing for her death. I was a regular visitor to Wynne Darville when she was also in another care home nearby. Before Wynne became frail, I'd read a book called Heaven is Real and passed it on to Wynne to read. When a couple of years later, Wynne was in the care home and beginning to get frail, the book came up in conversation, and we started a habit of reading aloud a section during each visit. Just enough of the story until Wynne wanted to reflect, to talk, to voice questions, to explore Bible passages together. Wynne was clearly preparing for her own death, which she could see would not be that distant. I last saw my lovely friend Wynne as lockdown started in February 2020, and she died a couple of months later of frailty, not of COVID. By that time, Wynne and I only had half a chapter of the book left. It had taken Wynne and I a full 12 months as a springboard for Wynne's preparation for her death albeit her whole life had really been a preparation. Sorry. I don't know if Pauline will remember this or not, but once Pauline gave me a ring after visiting Wynne, and Pauline said she'd found Wynne in an unusual frame of mind, full of thoughts on death. Pauline was surprised when I laughed and said that Wynne had simply mixed me up for Pauline. The conversation Pauline had experienced was entirely a normal conversation for my visits with Wynne. 
Each of us is uniquely and wonderfully made, and our journey in preparing for our own death will be unique. But I thought I would share some elements of the journey that may be helpful. As I share them, listen for the voice of God's Spirit to see if there is anything particular that you can be doing right now in preparing for your death. We do not know the day we will die, but we know it is certain to happen. So preparing for our death is actually part of our living. Our beliefs about death and the life beyond impacts our lives today, enabling us, often quite hesitantly though, to say with Paul, to live is Christ and to die is gain. I wanted to share just three things that we can each do in preparing for our death now. And I've drawn these from a book by Mike Riddell called Sacred Journey. The first thing, keep short accounts. The second thing, learn to let go. And the third thing, practice the presence of God. So, keep short accounts. Being aware of our inevitable death may help give us insight into any important relationships in our lives that are broken and that we would want to have restored. Join me for a moment and imagine being on your deathbed. When you are there, is there someone from whom you're estranged that you would be longing to see and talk to before you die. In that case, act now and have the potential joy of the healed relationship in your life now. Leaving restoring relationships to our deathbeds is a bit of a high risk approach to take. Learning to let go. Death is the final act we will make of letting go in our lives, of unclenching our grip on life, our breath. In our lives now, we can consciously practice letting go day after day, year after year. Then when we come to that final moment on earth, we will not struggle against death, but surrender to it. Letting go includes recognizing that all the physical things we have will disappear. At the moment of death, it does not matter how much money we have in our bank accounts. It does not matter what house we have or car we have. It doesn't matter what education we had, what work we did, how many children and grandchildren we do or we don't have. We come into the world with nothing and we leave the world with nothing. So let's practice treating our earthly goods and status with a certain lightness. They will pass. Letting God have his way in our lives to pray your kingdom come in my life is a constant battle, I find. I want things a certain way. I think it would be better, God, if... 
And constantly, I come to points where I realize that I am gripping onto a certain point of view of how I think my life should be. And I'm reminded that God's ways are different. I let go one more time, and again, and again, and again. I've got a quotation from C.S. Lewis. He wrote a book called Mere Christianity. Give up yourself and you will find your real self. Lose your life and you will save it. Submit to death, death of your ambitions and favorite wishes and death of your whole body in the end. Submit with every fiber of your being and you will find eternal life. Hold nothing back. Nothing that you have not given away will ever be really yours. Nothing in you that has not died will ever be raised from the dead. Look for yourself, and you will find in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. But look for Christ, and you will find him, and with him everything else thrown in. So learning to let go. It's a tough one. I don't think I'll ever get there. But there is that moment where death is our final letting go. The third thing, practice the presence of God. The presence of God is the constant in making the transition that death is. It's the only constant thing. Sure, someone can become aware of the presence of God for the first time as they are at their point of death. But how much better to begin the journey of knowing and loving God, shaky as that journey is at times during our lives. So how do we practice the presence of God? We make time to consciously be present with God, to seek him as we worship alone and with others, as we read the Bible, as we go about our everyday life. I've got a quotation from a book by Brother Lawrence, which is appropriately called The Practice of the Presence of God. And I always remember first coming across this book because he was a monk in 1600 and something. And the main point I took from his book the first time I read it is that we can practice God's presence as we peel potatoes in the kitchen as much as in a chapel. Always stayed with me, um, that. So what does Brother Lawrence say of practicing the presence of God? Excuse me. He, God, does not ask much of us Merely a thought of him from time to time, a little act of adoration, maybe sometimes to ask for his grace, sometimes to offer him your sufferings, at other times to thank him for the graces, past and present. He has bestowed on you in the midst of your troubles to take solace in him as often as you can. Lift up your heart to him during your meals and in company. 
The least little remembrance will always be the most pleasing to him. One need not cry out very loudly. He is nearer to us than we think. So I loved that description of practicing the presence of God. It made me think, I could do that now and then, rather than thinking it's something beyond my reach. So I've shared three things that we could be doing in preparing for our death. Keep short accounts. Learn constantly to let go and practice the presence of God. As we do these things, they also prepare us to face the pain of separation from those we love. We will begin to know that the same God who loves us and watches over us can also be trusted with those that we love. We started with a reading on love. Thank you, Ruth. Preparing for our death is about accepting God's love for us, which includes Jesus coming to die for us and welcoming each day God's Spirit, who helps us to get to know God in our daily living. I want to end with a verse from Romans 8. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Christ is the key to life for us now in this year. And Christ is also the key at our death. Thanks so much for listening. To hear more messages like this, make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, head to westchelt.org.uk or search Westchelt across social media. We love you. We can't wait to see you again.